Hello and welcome to the Strengthening Lives with Love podcast brought to you by the Joshua York Legacy Foundation. This podcast is dedicated to increasing suicide awareness and prevention through outreach, education, and improving mental health care accessibility. If you're interested in being a guest on the podcast, be sure to visit our website at joshuayorkfoundation.org forward slash be our guest. And let's see what we can do to make that happen. So today we're going to be talking with Laura Yokelson about how to find your voice through self-care. She offers an authentic and personalized approach to self-care in three simple steps. And she's going to be sharing a presentation and going over that with us today. A little bit of background on Laura. She's a dedicated learner, educator, and mental health advocate and holds a Bachelor of Science in Health Promotion and a Master's in Health Promotion Management from the American University in Washington, D.C. She's written extensively and gives numerous presentations about her long struggle with mental illness. The lessons that she's distilled from her experiences have attracted a wide national and international audience, so we're so glad to have her on with us today. And as an adjunct instructor of intuitive fitness at American University, she's designed a toolkit of movement and self-care practices for students to help them achieve optimal well-being. So she's here to teach us all about that today, which is awesome. So to kick things off, uh, go ahead and tell us a bit about yourself, Laura. What made you decide to go down this path in life with your education and further with educating others? I wanted, well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. And it's such an honor to be here and be part of the Joshua York Legacy Foundation today and offer uh, you know, this event. So I guess, I have a mission and intention in life to bring individuals and communities what I didn't have when I was sick and suffering from mental illness. So if I had to really um, summarize my goal, it would be to help others and provide them with support and empower people to, to be healthy. Awesome. And it's, it's funny because you, you've found a way of putting that into three simple steps. Um, and like, just like everything, we always wish that everything could be in three simple steps. But um, without further ado, go ahead and um, launch your presentation platform and let's, um, let's get into this. All right, so I'll get started. Um, this is the Finding Your Voice Through Self-Care um, story of Laura Suzanne Yokelson. And as Josh said, I have a master's in health promotion management from American University. I live in the DC metro area and I'm currently an adjunct instructor in intuitive fitness. And this is part of my toolkit um, today of helping others and giving back and also helping myself too. So the first thing I'm gonna talk about today is my lost voice. And you know, what is finding your voice first of all? And what does it mean to lose your voice when it comes to you know, living healthfully and taking care of yourself? Then I'm going to talk about um, some turning points that, you know, help me turn things around essentially, and what helped me get my life on track. Then I'm going to go into like what is self care because I know there's a lot of self care and a lot of stereotypes like oh it's only about pampering and you know but I think it can be applicable to anybody and self care is really flexible. I'm going to talk about the grounding aspects and seeing self care as connecting to the earth, and your body. Then as Josh said, self-care in three simple steps, um, awakening your body, looking your best, balancing your lifestyle. Um, I hope that doesn't sound too complicated. I think you got this. <laughs> and uh, that's why I wanted to break things down even further into sharing my toolkit and how I apply 
awakening your body, looking your best and balancing your lifestyle. Then sort of recapping why self-care matters. And of course, um, you know, answering any questions. So my last voice. First, I wanna talk about actually finding your voice. And to me, there's three components to finding your voice and I was missing those three components and they relate to the three steps of self-care. So the components of having a voice, I think are self-awareness, self-confidence and self-expression. I didn't have either of those things or any of those things because of the monster in my head. And it was when I was diagnosed with mental illness at 14 years old, or even really at 12 years old, that um, you know, I realized that I was put in a box and that was not a way to have self-awareness, self-expression, um, or self-confidence. And so I neglected my physical and mental well-being, but I don't like to blame myself because I was not, you know, doing well. And I think that there's a lot of reasons why somebody is incapable of acting in their own best interests. So my parents saw that I was not doing well and they got me the best help they could, you know, but this help didn't work for me. And like I said earlier, I was put in that box and self-care was not a priority. So when I say self-care here, I do mean kind of my appearance. Um, and I do mean my appearance <laughs> because eating disorder treatment put a lot of emphasis on controlled behavior change. And that controlled behavior change was all about weight and all about food. And even though you know there is science supporting that when you reach a normal weight with anorexia, especially, um, you're healthy. It's how you reach that weight, how you sustain yourself and build support networks around yourself and feed yourself uh, three-dimensionally, so to speak. So that's about my lost voice. So my turning points are that I needed holistic treatment. And by holistic, I mean a blend of East and West, Eastern and Western medicine. So my whole life, I was really closed off to Western medicine and I wanted to heal myself. And that's good to have that motivation, but unfortunately my inflexibility and rigidity did, it worked against me, you know? So I needed to open my mind and be willing to try medication in addition to acupuncture and exercise. And you know, the problem going back to when I was talking about eating disorder treatment, I wasn't allowed to exercise. I wasn't, it wasn't real life experience to me. It was more like being controlled and I felt like I was being treated like an animal almost. So um, I'm really lucky that throughout this time of being sick, I excelled in school and I was able to pursue school um, at American University. And I found a support network there through the health studies department where I did open up about my experiences with mental illness. So that's very fortunate. I think that says that society and education and whatever community you're part of, you know, there is potential if you're willing to be vulnerable and open up. And so, you know, through studying health promotion and health promotion management, I studied behavior change, but hopefully not in as controlled of a manner as what I experienced like when I was hospitalized. I studied yoga, I studied nutrition, 
I studied sort of all the taboo topics that you shouldn't study if you have an eating disorder. But I did it because I wanted to help myself and I wanted to be a teacher for others and I wanted to get to the bottom of this. So all of this, all of these experiences and what I studied, um, I'm calling self-care because it was to educate myself and it was to foster personal development and it enabled me to find my voice, to develop self-awareness, to develop self-confidence and to experience what it's like to be able to express myself with healthy boundaries. What those boundaries are, I'll get into later. So I want to talk about a little like what I mean by self-care and I see it as an expression of respect for your body. So at the beginning, a little bit earlier, I kind of alluded to that because, you know, I had an eating disorder. I also suffered from psychosis. So being connected to my body and that place of experiencing reality has been so essential to my self-care. And I'd like to share that with others too, that it's respecting your body. It's an expression of respect for your body. Um, so yesterday in intuitive fitness, I was telling the students, you know, what are you grateful for? And they answered, you know, everybody is grateful for something different and you never know where somebody else is in their life right now. So I think that keeping a gratitude journal and talking about, you know, making this expression of respect for your body part of your own body and uh, part of the earth too, which leads me to the next point is seeing self-care as a foundation to keep you grounded. So I'm a little bit like angry that when I was 12 or 11, my family moved from Bethesda, Maryland to San Diego, California. I lost my foundation. I lost my grounding. And I think that was a really big trigger for my eating disorder. I got to experience the beauty of San Diego and that was incredible, but I lost my identity and I lost my grounding. I lost my foundation, as I said. So I didn't have a gateway to self-improvement. I didn't have a gateway to personal development at that time. I just felt a lot of pressure to excel in school and get really good grades. I felt a lot of pressure to measure up. And so to me, that's why self-care is about respect for your body, staying grounded, and enhancing your well-being through personal development practices, which, you know, can be related to mindfulness, can be related to therapy, can be, can vary, um, you know, from individual to individual. So next I'm going to talk about self-care in the three steps. So awaken your body is to foster physical and sensory awareness. And I love these hot air balloons because when we lived in San Diego, we lived near Canyon and I always saw hot air balloons and I said, you know, wow, wow, look at those. And I think awaken your body, certainly being in a hot air balloon is a way to awaken your body. I never did that. Um, but it was cool to look and to experience those sensations in my body without needing to actually do that. Um, so look your best is about, you know, building self-esteem. This is where, this is the self-confidence thing. So it's not about necessarily pampering if some people are against pampering or have, you know, second thoughts about it, I guess, if there's back to stereotypes about self-care. Um, but this is to build self-esteem and, you know, 
when I was going through anorexia in high school, um, it was beautiful in San Diego, and it was this irony because I was at this school. You could literally see the ocean. It was this amazing view, and it's like, why was I so miserable? Why was I so unhappy? Well, part of it is because I wasn't looking my best. I, I had depression, and I was wearing the same clothes, the same baggy clothes to hide my weight loss every single day. My nutrition was so poor that I was losing my eyesight, and I had to wear glasses. And, you know, I'm not against glasses, but I was using them to hide and to be ashamed um, of myself. So balance your lifestyle is really about self-expression. And I want to highlight the importance of communication. So to break out of isolation, that's, that's what I have to say for self-care in three steps. And now I'm providing some examples here. So you can see I have my headphones in white, um, <laughs> but how to awaken your body you know, skincare, music, fitness, those are my personal tools, but, you know, add on to this list. I pick my three favorites for each of the steps of self-care. And when I say awaken your body, you know, arguably these could also be how to look your best, but my intention in skincare, my intention in music, my intention in fitness is to build self-awareness. It's not Sure, sometimes we all have aesthetic goals and that can be really healthy, but I don't think that's enough motivation to bring you back to the skincare, to bring you back to the music, to bring you back to the fitness. I think aesthetic goals can, can lead you down a slippery slope. So I, I go back to that expression of respect for your body, that, that foundation for grounding. That's how you awaken your body. So looking your best, is nourishment. So I love to say nourishment and I don't mean going on a cleanse. I don't mean, you know, maybe that's right for some people, but I, as someone who struggled with anorexia and also binge eating, I don't think that um, limiting my diet is unideal to do that. So I mean nourishment through, you know, hopefully cooking is something that's pleasurable to you. It isn't always to me, but nourishing your body is, helps you look your best, you know, and nourishment can also mean um, sleep, which is the next, you know, sleep, get your beauty sleep, feed yourself in that way, you know, nourish your appearance um, in that way, and also clothing. I'm really lucky I get hand-me-downs from my older sister. Um, I am not, I've never been really big on shopping, but sometimes I think that's important to do. Um, you know, especially when you suffer from an eating disorder and your body is always like changing, you know, so clothing is important to looking your best and like with any of these things, you don't have to be uh, a dietitian or a, or a food expert to nourish your body. You don't, um, you don't have to be an expert necessarily. And I think that's really important. I think it's about listening to your body. And that's part of looking your best too, because your body has wisdom in it and listen to it, you know? So next is balance your lifestyle, the third step of self-care. This is about um, practicing open communication, being mindful of others and reaching out for support. So by practicing open communication, I mean expressing yourself but as I alluded to earlier with healthy boundaries, let me give you an example. When I was going through psychosis in my mid, mid and late 20s, 
I would write horrible messages on the internet about my family. Um, this was not, sure, you could say this was open communication, but they were not harming me. And I suffered from mental illness. And I have an article I've written on the internet and mental illness. So it's important to know where you are because the internet can put you in a really vulnerable place. So when I say practice open communication, you have to sort of know the other two steps of self-care in a way. You have to have built your self-awareness. You have to have built your self-confidence to express yourself within healthy boundaries. So be mindful of others is, you know, I wasn't mindful of others in my example when I was saying bad things about my parents. You know, what if some people really believed me and they were not hurting me and they're very supportive today. So it's important to know, like, you know, if you talk behind someone else's back, that might get around that you talk behind someone else's back. You know, I think that's a little law from, from elementary school that we learned. And finally, like I said, is reach out <clears throat> for support. So that's something I couldn't do. I was suffering too deeply from my mental illness because it was untreated, my mental illness worsened. And because I never received proper treatment and self-care was not part of it, my mental illness uh, was exacerbated. So it takes a lot of guts to reach out for support, but I think that's part of balancing your lifestyle too, because you can't do it all on your own. We all rely on relationships. We all, you know, and that's a whole other story of what contributed to my mental illness. I'll give another example, kind of like I had a lot of crushes and I never shared about my crushes and it was always too awkward for me. You know, this was not just middle school crushes. This was college crushes. This was like being a woman. And, you know, I think there's a lot of um, false ideas that you reach a certain age and you have emotional maturity. You know, I did not have that. I became very attached to people who, you know, put up a wall, who didn't feel the same way about me, but I couldn't let go. And so reaching out for support is critical because I wasn't sharing with anybody, hey, I like this guy and he's not getting it. Instead, I would just keep writing an email to my sixth grade crush or to my college crush or to my seventh grade crush or a variety of people. I wasn't, A, I wasn't noticing the other guys who were interested in me and B, I wasn't helping myself. I was making myself sort of too vulnerable. And I think that as my therapist said, you can be authentic without putting yourself in too vulnerable of a position. So I know one of the themes in today is authenticity. So reaching out for support, I think, helps you be authentic. And I hope you like my example of the crushes. I know there are a lot of different ways and reasons that we need to reach out for support, but that was my take on it. <laughs> so here is my toolkit. And I think that everybody's toolkit is different. This whole show today is about having a toolkit. Those three steps and just those ideas are a toolkit within themselves but I wanted to be specific in terms of how I have applied those ideas. So skincare, I have a facial steamer. It has aromatherapy. So for some people, you know, they just want an essential oil and that's awesome and that's the best thing for them. But I've kind of become advanced in self-care and I'm 
very fortunate, you know, so hopefully these things or some of these things are, you know, available to you, but if they're not, you know, be resourceful. So the next thing is my sleep machine and that makes sounds like ocean waves and rain and fan and stream. And so that's really relaxing to have on um, in the evening or during the day. Um, after that is the smart roller, which has helped me build self-awareness, build body awareness. And I love to do that with my music, the wireless um, earbuds. And finally, the Vitaclay. I actually don't have the whole thing. I just have the clay pots, but um, one day I would like to get the Vitaclay chef and do more cooking with that. So I guess the next direction I wanna take you in is why self-care matters. So doing all of those things and having that toolkit, I have that to look forward to every single day, you know, even if it's just my music, you know, just, I'm really lucky, I'm gonna take some water. So even if it's just my music, sometimes that's enough, you know, having that there can build energy and me. So I'm more motivated to go to a writing project or do some grading. So self-care matters because it helps me feel better about myself. It makes me more productive. It also increases my confidence to interact with other people. As you can see, you know, build self-esteem, expressing yourself, build self-confidence, build self-awareness. All of these like catchy terms here are about interacting with other people. It's great if you meditate, but if you can't apply that to real world life experiences, how much is it gonna help you? So another thing about self-care is during social distancing or during the coronavirus, it protects others because these are like individual pursuits that you do. And I think that you're also you know, supporting your health, supporting your well-being. So I think that, you know, just help making healthy lifestyle choices. Like now, um, it seems more important, but it's always been important. So what I'd like to say is that self-care is not magical, maybe. You know, to some people, it may be. To me, in a way, it almost is. But it does deserve more attention from healthcare providers. So I wish that when I was hospitalized, well, what if they had, had a smart roller there? The smart roller is that long foam roller. You know, what if they had let me do facial seaming, which is unimaginable for eating disorders, because to me, it's potentially like burning calories, like, like heat on your face. And, but in the long run, you know, that is saving me needing to go for facials. You know, we can't go for facials now, but if, if we could, I'm empowering myself. I'm being the facialist. I'm being the personal trainer and yoga teacher. I'm being the chef. You know, I'm taking on all these hats and roles um, without needing to reach outside of myself. And then I want to be the person who can share that wisdom with other people. And my goal is to be a reformer in terms of not a magic bullet. No hospital is going to see this and say, we're canceling our controlled behavior change, Laura, 
Uh, we're not going to let people be, do free flow self-care. You know, no, we're, I mean, we're canceling our controlled behavior change. We're going to let everybody just do free, free flow self-care. I don't think they're going to say that, but maybe they'll be open to one or two of my ideas. And that is my goal to not fight the system, especially when it comes to eating disorders and psychosis, um, but to contribute to it to make a positive difference in the lives of others. When I didn't have that opportunity, I only had, you know, you think of eating disorders like weighing yourself. Well, there were times when I was sick that I was, could have cared less about what I weighed. I was just not doing well. And actually going to the treatment and getting weighed two or three times a day made me more obsessed with it. You know, so today I think there's evidence that my self-care has helped me because I don't own a scale. You know, I am doing well in my mind. I still experience moderate anxiety, I would say. But I have my support team in place. I have my self-care, but I also have my therapist and psychiatrist. So they know about my self-care, and I would encourage that um, for anybody who sees a therapist or psychiatrist and you want to do self-care, bring it up. Be open and say, you know, I'm really, hopefully you're really benefiting from their services. But also say, here's what I'm doing to help myself. And I'd like, I'd like to work together and have what I'm doing for self-care complement what you're doing to help me with cognitive behavioral therapy or whatever it is. And let's bring these two things together and work as a team. So that's how um, self-care may not be a magic bullet, but deserves more attention. And you have to take the risk to bring it to their attention. Um, so Michaela Wilbur asked, so what if I reach out for support, but every time I try, um, and I show how much I'm hurting, you get shut down and basically brushed off. How did you deal with, cause not everybody deals with that in like, when you're trying to get help, the not being taken seriously or, you know, people not truly listening to what you're saying. How did you deal with that? That's a really good point because like, uh, I don't know if I've ever dealt with that, to be honest. I was kind of like, my friends in middle school expressed concern about me and I was like ignoring them and isolating myself. Um, I never knew how to reach out for support and that's one of my flaws um, that shows sort of that the mental illness kind of took over. But I think that that's a problem if you're not being taken seriously. Um, so uh, I don't know if it's your, your friends or your family or that's the time when I definitely wouldn't start a blog and, and beg for help. I wouldn't do something that's going to really put yourself out there and risk your identity in a way because I did that and it was a mistake. And sometimes things are on the internet that you can't get taken down or you end up in a total disaster. So I think that keep trying to you know, participate in events like this, get your questions answered. Um, and I, I have LinkedIn or reach out in that way. And maybe I can, you know, do you have a professional um, path? Do you have your passion that you're working towards? And, you know, that's my advice. Like self-care is my passion. Health promotion is my passion. And I think that, you know, finding what you're passionate about and letting that take over sometimes is really important. But you don't want to let your passion be isolated. So maybe if you find something you love to do in life, you can begin to share something else with other people that's more positive 
and um, then transition into, hey, I really have enjoyed knitting, but I'm still struggling with this, and can we talk about it? So, you know, aim for balance in your conversations, I guess. And that's all I really have to say. Well, hey, Laura, thanks so much for being with us today. And for the guests that were listening in and asking questions, thanks so much for joining us. Again, this is the Joshua York Legacy Foundation's podcast, Strengthening Lives with Love. And until next time, have a great day. Mm